Situations in life will continue for as long as you allow them to continue. Whether it's the job that you hate, that's a dead end, you're going nowhere, it brings you no satisfaction or fulfillment on a day-to-day -day basis, but you go because, hey, the money's good, but you have no desire. You have no, no fire in you to want to go to that job every day. So keep going, keep making the money to pay for the shit that you don't appreciate because it's just shit, right? Relationships. You stay in a relationship usually past the point of exit, <laughs> past the point of when you should have exited, I should say, <laughs> right? You stay because it's comfortable because that person knows your history or they've been through certain moments in time with you, you shared things, there's just a level of comfort. You know that neither one of you are ever gonna go out and find someone else, so why not just stay in it? You know, just settle. Or maybe it's a secret relationship. Maybe you're involved in a third party situation where you're the mistress or you're the other man and you know, you always have these conversations with your lover or whatever you call one another, <laughs> your man or a woman whore, whatever. You have the conversations about how it's going to end. And now you're going to just walk away because you don't deserve it anymore. And blah, 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 blah. And that other person will say, yeah, they're going to step away and, you know, take care of business at home but then they're still back there talking to you the next day. That kind of situation will continue for as long as you allow it. On both ends. Family. Family is always family. You know, blood is blood. They say it's thicker than water. I still don't get what that even means. Like, blood is thicker than water. I don't know. I mean, obviously, right? Blood is thicker than water. You're going to stand by your family and protect your family over some douchebag motherfucker in the street. Right? That's how it should be. But what if that douchebag motherfucker in the street is someone in your family? What do you do? What do you do when you're being treated like the lowest of the low or overlooked or forgotten about while other people are being like praised and like basically having their asshole licked for being douchebags, but your family. So you just sit there and take it and you just put up with the abuse and you put up with the danger and you put up with the whatever it is you're putting up with. It will continue for as long as you allow it. Just because you're family, it doesn't mean that you're locked into misery. It doesn't mean that you have to stay in a situation if you're uncomfortable or if you feel like you're in danger. You know, whether it's physically or emotional, 
I guess the point that I'm trying to make is you have to do what's best for you without being, you know, I guess that's not even the right way to, to phrase what I'm trying to say because you just got to do what you got to do. <laughs> Cause sometimes we do have to do things out of spite. <laughs> that's not true. We have to do things that make our heart go. You know, you have to follow what you're feeling emotionally, mentally, inside, physically. You have to know your body. You have to know when your body is reacting to a certain situation and listen to it. You know, if you're in a room of family, but you feel scared to to your fucking core over whether or not someone's going to maybe lean over the table and stab you or if someone's going to have a meltdown the next minute or if your mom's going to have a nervous breakdown in front of you or your sister or whatever, those kind of feelings are real. And that shit is intense as fuck. So if you're experiencing that kind of thing within a family setting, what do you do? I'm at the point in my life where I'm a mom. I've got two children. And I'm a single mom at that. <laughs> yes, I have family support. I live with my mother. I've moved in with her about seven months ago. She bought this gorgeous home to get me out of a dangerous situation with family. <sighs> and is it an ironic that here we are seven months later and those same people that were creating chaos and causing danger are at it again. And instead of having my back and moving forward towards some kind of change and openness and honesty within the family, she fucking betrayed me. She betrayed me and had a family member. It's my nephew. I'll go ahead and say it. He may hear it someday. And if he does, I'm sorry. But at the same time, I'm done being sorry. Like, I'm done being silent. <laughs> and I don't want to do it to be a dick, but this is real life shit. And I'm figuring it out. He was in um, an institute for um, mental health. I don't want to say a mental institute, like a psychiatric institute. What's a fucking, what's a good way of putting it? You know, he had to go be put in the hospital because he's bipolar and he's delusional and he's violent and he's angry. And for the whole month of December, he fucking went off on his mother, my sister and my mother and me repeatedly daily. It was, it was bashing and telling us all to die and how we've abandoned him and how he wants us to just drop off a cliff or threatening to take his own life and just spinning like rapidly out of control. So it got to the point where right before he went into the hospital, right the day before Christmas Eve, I had turned to my mom and I said, you know, I'm going to tell my kids who live here that if he was to show up out of the blue, that he's not to come in the house if we're not here. Danger. Because, you know, bipolar, it's like, Yes, it is a disease. I get it. It's a mental illness. And the things that he's saying and the things that he's going through are not him. It's it's his sickness. But it's reached the tipping point where 
it's gone to scary. And it is my job to protect my children. So we, we had a family agreement that he was not going to be allowed here. So fast forward, he's in the hospital. Great. Do your thing. I haven't spoken to him. Last time we spoke to him, he basically told me I was a piece of shit. Um, so I just, I detached. Like I'm, I'm just kind of witnessing my family go through this shit. Cause it's, it's insane. And I got to just keep my kids, you know, out of the focus of it and out of, or excuse, not out of the focus of it. Excuse me. My kids are my focus during this. I don't want them to be bombarded with this shit every day and worried. So he was released from the hospital yesterday, 10 days after Christmas Eve yesterday. And my sister had happened to stop by the home here. Wow, I sounded like a fucking 95-year-old. My sister decided to stop by the home. I don't know why I got an accent all of a sudden. <coughs> Excuse me. Got a little bit of a fucking cold going on on top of my regular smoker's cough. But my sister stopped by the house yesterday as she was going to the hospital to pick up her son from, you know. <sighs> and my mom had the conversation with her that, you know, as of right now, we need to make sure that he's okay before we let him at the house, especially with the kids home. With my kids home. Um, we just got two new kittens, so he's like chomping at the bit to come meet our kittens which <laughs> fuck you motherfucker like you think we should all die why do you get to come meet my cats and get their love but I was willing to let that go I was willing to overlook that but not when my kids were here that was the, the fucking law of the land yesterday morning I spent the rest of the day after my sister left with my mom home from work talking about how uncomfortable the situation is and how we feel badly because we I don't you know, you want to support a loved one who's going through these things. You don't want to turn your back on them. But at what cost? You know, when it's a verbally abusive and threatening relationship, how do I sit here? How does anybody sit here and empathize with that person? How do we give him a slap on the wrist and say, hey, it's okay, buddy. You know, chin up come on over, you know, let's all just fucking coddle you. No, no. And if you go back to my old episodes, you'll hear a little bit more of the background on this. And I, I realize if you're just, you know, just now listening for the first time, I'm all over the place. That's okay. Cause you'll get used to it. I'm always all over the place because <laughs> my mind always goes 10, mi 10 million miles an hour. I digress. Fast forward through the day yesterday I'm literally lacing up my shoes to go to work. And it's the night shift. I'm going to be there till almost two in the morning. And my sister sends a text message to my mom saying, hey, can we stop by so we, he can meet the beasts? Referring to the kittens. Literally like six hours after having a conversation where she was told in, for now... He can't come here, not with the kids home. If he wants to come over when the kids aren't home, fine, come over. But they wait. They waited until I was lacing up my shoes to go to work. And so I looked at my mom and I said, so what are you going to tell her? You're going to tell her no, right? And she didn't respond. And I got this sickening feeling in my stomach where it felt like 
they just are going to do whatever they want to do for the past month, longer, definitely longer, but I'm going based off the past month and the things that have happened in my life in the past month. Every good thing that has happened in my life with my children, and there's been a lot, there's been a lot of good and there's been a lot of bad. You know, they're both going through a lot of deep emotional things, which is a whole nother day and a whole nother episode. But everything's been overshadowed by this, by this family issue. So as I'm getting ready to leave for work, I now have to go out and talk to my teenager who knows everything that's been going on. She's afraid of my nephew. She is mad at him for the way he's been treating the rest of us. And I have to tell her that, listen, here's the situation. I'm leaving for work and I'm pretty sure they're on their way over to the house. So you can either go hang out in my room and just not engage or you can go in your room and not engage or else you can come to work with me because it was going to be putting her in a super uncomfortable position because she's voiced that she's not comfortable with it. And we all came to an agreement within this house and within these walls that th we weren't going to put her in this position yet. He's out of the hospital one day. <laughs> There's been no changes. He's so fucked up that he can turn that shit on. Okay. I don't want to say he can. He's just fucked up that he does turn it on and off and you don't know which one you're going to get. And it's unstable and it's fucking scary. And I had to go. I had to make a choice. And in that moment, I never felt such betrayal from my own family. I knew without knowing. So when I left, my kid, you know, they were okay. They said they wanted to stay and they would just avoid. And I told her I had my phone on me. I had my ringer on. You call me the minute there's a problem. I called up one of my homegirls or I texted her. She had my back. She was going to come get the kids out of the house if they needed to go. But here I am being a dick. I have to go to work. I can't call out because at this point, it, it is clear to me, which has been the goal for four years ever since I moved out from my ex's house. I need to get my own place because this is not safe anymore. <laughs> it's not safe. So I've focused on going to make the money. I had to go make the money. And that's what I keep telling myself when I have this fucking guilt just hanging over my head that I left my kids that night. Disclaimer, everyone's fine physically. Nothing bad came of it. Other than by the time I got to work, I got the text message that they had just pulled in the driveway and they came inside the house to meet my cats, our cats, my, my kids' cats. I was fucking rip shit. I was upset, heartbroken, like furious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My own mother, <laughs> my own mother who bought a house so me and my children could get out of an abusive environment for safety, allowed the abuser into my new safe home when I wasn't here. She chose to spare his feelings at the cost of my children's safety and at the cost of my wishes and at the cost of an agreement that her and I had made together as adults who are supposed to be looking out for the best interests of the children. My kids are 17 and nine. My nephew is 21. He's a big dude, 6'2". I wanna say 250, but I could be totally wrong about that. He's a big dude, big fucking dude. And he's loud and he's scary and he's fucking sick. And I'm the only one that seems to see it 
out of my mom my, and my sister and myself. And I looked my mother in the eye yesterday before she actually opened the door and let him back in here. But I looked at her because I'm trying to understand this woman who has totally changed in the last month due to what the, the mental and emotional stress that my family has gone through just on this, not even counting any other thing going on in our lives. Because believe me when I tell you, it's not just one thing that any of us deal with on a daily basis. Everybody has 8 million fucking, what do they call it? I have lots of fucking, <laughs> I want to say pokers, but like fires. I have lots of fires going or pokers in the fire. Like I was trying to find like a really clever phrase there and I fucking lost it. But we all have lots of things going on. We all wear many hats. So the mental disruption going on here, like I don't even know my mom anymore. Like my the one who birthed me. <laughs> I don't know her anymore. I don't fucking know what happened. So I looked her in the face and I'm like, you and, and, and I don't want to say her name, but my sister, I'm like, you guys are emotionally battered women. Like you have been abused. And I was raised my whole life not to accept that behavior from anybody. So maybe that's why it's easier for me to be like, fuck this motherfucker. But I'm, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I'm fucking struggling. So... Things will remain as long as you allow them. Think, you know what I mean? Like a situation will will remain the same until you're willing to do something about it. And I'm at the point now where after the events of yesterday, I'm ready to fucking go. I am going to hustle and grind and get out of this house because that's bullshit. So I go through my shift. My kid texts me when my family leaves. My mom, silent, doesn't say fucking jack shit boohoo to me at all. So I wake up the next morning after work, <coughs> after working, excuse me, wake up in the morning, get the kids to school. My mom's off at work and I'm trying to decompress because it's the first day since before Christmas that I've had an empty house, lots of shit going on. And I'm trying to mentally prepare myself for the conversation I'm going to have to have with my mother because I'm rip shit and I'm a 36 year old woman and I am finding my voice and I'm finding my boundaries and I'm finding a way to let people know that when their behavior is unacceptable and letting them know how I feel about it. And I don't have to say it in a dick way, but I'm going to be fucking honest and I'm going to call people out on their shit the same way people can call me out on my shit. I'm not fucking perfect. I fuck up all the time. You know, I'm human. We're all human. But that was a direct betrayal on me and my kids. And my kids knew it. And now that's just it. Like, blood is thicker than water, right? <laughs> well, this shit just, it, it's not adding up to me. And it's not okay with me. So the morning goes on. It's about 9 a.m. now. Kids are at school. Everything's ah, relaxing, right? And I get a message. And it's my mother. And I'm like, here we go. Here we fucking go. And she's writing to let me know that my sister's cat, who is probably about 22 years old, someone I bonded with when because I, I lived with my sister for four years. Um, yeah, she's old. She's old as fuck. She's arthritic. She's been deteriorating in weight. Long story short, she had like a major decline the, overnight. Like she went from being okay and just tired to being not able to walk her whole face fucking thin down to bone. And she's basically 
gonna die. Like, yesterday. So, my sister is a fucking mess. She's a hysterical wreck. You know, it's one of those, the pets, you know, it's, it's hard. It's, pets are hard, especially when you've had a pet for 20 something years. I get it. I get it. I love that cat a lot. That cat brought my kids a lot of joy and comfort. I get it. So she was going to bring the dog, there, excuse the dog, Jesus. <laughs> she was going to bring the cat home so my nephew could say goodbye to her. And uh, so she was just letting me know what was going on. Not at all mentioning the day before. It was just now the focus here is how my sister's cat is dying. So, oh my God, everyone stop what you're fucking doing and go and, you know. And here's where I'm struggling because I am an empathetic person. I am very compassionate. I love that cat. I would do anything for them. But I am so fucking bitter and I'm so fucking broken over what they've done to me in the past 24 hours that I don't even know how to support the situation right now. I don't even know how to be a good family member <laughs> because I'm pissed. <laughs> so I then had to tell my kids yesterday that the cat is dying and that they can't go see her because <laughs> my nephew was there and I don't feel comfortable with my kids being around my nephew. So I'm sorry, but you guys can't go say goodbye to her. But at the same time, the cat looks, looked awful. She looked horrible. And I, I didn't want my kids to see her in that condition. You know, it's let them remember her the way that she was. So they cried. They're upset. But, you know, we, you know, we have these little baby kittens we just got. We have this right now. That's, those are for my kids. And that's what I need my kids to have, you know, and it hasn't been able to be just theirs and all these fucking things going on. I'm going all over the fucking place tonight, motherfuckers. <sighs> so that was last night. Cat's, cat's been put down. Rest in peace, China. You sassy little bitch. She was such a bitch. She was just like my sister. Such a bitch. But I fucking loved her. And then she would be a marshmallow to me towards, you know, the last couple of years we really warmed up and she was my buddy. She was my homegirl. China, I mean, not my sister. We have a total strained relationship right now. And so all that happened while I was at work. Once again, had to go to work while she's putting the cat to sleep. My mom had to go to the house to be with my nephew to mentally support him while my sister took the cat to the vet by herself to put it down while I went to work and my kids stayed home. So again, I'm just grinding. I'm just, I'm just grinding right now. <clears throat> went to work, got home at 2 a.m. again, woke up today, <laughs> got the kids to school, went to work for 10 a.m., got home around 5.30, I offered to buy my mom dinner. We still haven't spoken. We spoke n not even once tonight until it was time to decide what was for dinner. She didn't want anything. Bitch made a Pop-Tart and went into her bedroom. So that's where I'm at. Lots of shit going on this year, guys. Lots and lots of shit. For those who don't know, Zumba is one of my favorite things in the world. I love to dance, I love music, I love all that there is to do with those two things. I love movement. Movement, as far as dancing, has pulled me out of so many depressions in my life. You know, years ago when I left my youngest daughter's dad, I used to go down into the basement where we had a wood stove when everyone was asleep and I'd load the wood stove and then I'd put my earphones in and I would just dance. I would do squats, I would fucking do 
work out, like, and just start feeling my body move. And that would help get me out of my funk. So about two months ago, probably towards the, towards the tail end of October, I decided, you know, that's it. I haven't, I haven't taught Zumba since 2015. No, excuse me, 2016. So three years now going on, which is kind of ridiculous. So I decided for myself, that was going to be a goal. It was a goal. It's always been a goal. It's always been a fucking goal. I decided I was going to take action and make it a reality. So I proposed um, a couple classes to the local adult education program to see if maybe there would be an interesting or an interest or a following for people right here in my own town to want to come out to the high school a couple nights a week, do an hour workout with me, get me up and moving, make me smile again, get some exercise, clear the shit from my brain through my music and my dance, get fit doing it and hopefully encourage other women and men, whoever does Zumba, encourage them to do the same because that's what this is all based around. It's about mental health. It's about how we handle certain situations in our own lives, no matter what's thrown at us, right? So we always have the choice every day so many choices every day in each moment you can decide which way you're going to go and we can either decide to stick with the situation because it's comfortable and it's because it's what we we are familiar with or we can fucking plant the flag and say no more and start taking the steps to do things that are better for you and that will benefit you know benefit your mental health benefit your brain you know I like to call it emotional masturbation take care of it (laughs) <laughs> I'm completely fucking stoned. Shit's crazy. And I have super diarrhea of the mouth because I don't talk to a lot of people in arm's reach of me because I don't trust a lot of people within arm's reach of me. It's been a hell of a run. And this year, <laughs> 2019, here we are. We're four days in and all this shit is insane. That proposal that I put in a few months ago, I found out on January 2nd that it was approved and my name is in a fucking brochure that's getting mailed out to like four local like surrounding towns and my hometown and it's open to the fucking public. My name in writing. <laughs> my name in a brochure. How fucking cool. How fucking cool. On January 1st, which I should have started with first, right? But I realized the story I was telling was about the proposal. So we'll fast forward a little bit. About a month after I put that proposal in, you guys don't care about timelines. I'm just trying to give you perspective. It was after I had submitted that proposal. A friend of mine referred me to a job opening at his gym. They were looking for a new Zumba instructor. Now, mind you, again, haven't taught in forever. And he said, would you be interested? And without even a second thought, I said, fuck yeah. So he set me up with his manager, the group fitness coordinator. And I went and met the general manager and I dropped off my Zumba certificate and I filled out my application and I had my little tour of the gym. Two weeks later, this past weekend, I did a demo at the gym in front of the manager of the fitness program. And she said she would let me know the following week, which was going to be actually in two days. I shouldn't even know by now. But by New Year's Day, first fucking day of this year, 
she sent me a, a text message offering me the position at the gym to teach one class a week there. So I've been kind of like pissing my pants in excitement because I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to be exhausted. But at the same time, maybe not because exercise is going to give me more energy. This is what I need. I need to hit the ground fucking running because I've been talking about it for fucking years. And now I'm about to be about it. My heart is shattered. My fucking brain is mush, but I have a driving force right now. I have to get my kids out of here (laughs) and I am only going to do that by getting out and chasing my dreams. And one of my dreams is to be a Zumba instructor that travels. Like I want to be one of those people that teaches the instructors that gets more people involved in this activity and see what goes from there. You know, I'm no fucking fitness guru by any fucking means. Like I'll eat a fucking plate of nachos and down an IPA. It's not the point. The point is movement. (laughs) It's movement. And that's what it's about. And with all this other personal shit going on and like the family dynamics and my home situation, it's motivation for me. I will refuse to let this beat me down. I refuse to stand in anybody's shadows anymore. I'm doing this for me and my kids. And I will never not be grateful for the family that I have that has given me and my children a home. But at what cost? And it's not worth it to me anymore. No amount of this shit that I'm dealing with is worth my kids' happiness. My kids deserve better, and I'm going to fucking give them better. Me. I'm going to do that shit. But I can't do that shit without you all. Because your love and support and your encouragement and you fucking call me out on my shit when I'm being an idiot or when I'm complaining about the shit that I allow to happen, you know, that keeps me going. I've met so many of you in person. I've spoken to you on the phone. I've talked to you on Skype. You know, we've tweeted, we've been on Facebook, we've gone out for beers and we've met at comedy shows. You know, I traveled fucking to the Midwest to see some comedy shows with some of you motherfuckers after never meeting before. At that time, I was taking life by the balls and doing the things that I wanted to do to make me happy because when I'm happy, that's when I'm my, my best parenting. That's when I'm at my best parenting. I don't know how to speak fucking English, apparently. It's all going to come together. But nothing fucking falls in your lap. Yeah, an opportunity may knock, but it's up to you to fucking answer it. They're not going to fucking kick down the door for you. And that shit's there when you believe in yourself, number one. And if you don't believe in yourself, you better fucking start. Because no one else is going to believe in you if you don't fucking believe in you. Even if you got to fucking fake that shit, you got to show up. That right there is a belief in yourself. Even if you fail when you get there, you took the steps and you got there. Right? I sat in that parking lot at that gym. I haven't worked out in a gym. (laughs) It's embarrassing. I probably did one Zumba class in the last year, maybe two in a year. I'll dance. Like I go to the bar. (laughs) I go to my buddy's house. We dance all the time. You know, I love to dance. I'll dance in my kitchen. I dance in my car. So I'm moving, but I haven't focused myself and done the Zumba, the fitness aspect of it. So I was nervous as hell, but I went in there and I did it because I knew I wanted that. I need this and I'm ready for these changes. So I appreciate you guys for sticking with me. I appreciate those of you jumping on for the ride. 
and we're gonna we're gonna make shit happen this year. Watch. Happy New Year. Let's fucking go.